I'm Alex Bowman, you're Chris Keogh, you're a barrister, I've got a law degree, we're both comedians. This is the second episode with me not having a proper microphone. Yeah, Yeah, what I can see, like, just for the listeners at home, (laughs) is that, is like, you're sat there talking into your phone, like, with it in front of you, like, one of those people on The Apprentice, you know, like... You know, those horrible, the worst people in the world. Well, we saw somebody doing that the other day and you've just reminded me. And I went, why are people talking like that? And my wife went, oh, it's because they do it on TV. They do it in TV shows. And you went, but surely they realise that people in TV only do it so that they can put the speaker effect on. Yeah, so so the camera can, yeah, yeah. so the same man can pick it up and you can hear the, you can hear Alan Sugar going, right, you twats, you're off to, what you know what I mean? Yeah, and also there's five people listening on speaker. Yeah. So that's why you would do it. And these people are not on speaker though. No, no. So they're talking into it, holding it, and then they put it to their ear. I think some people think that maybe you'll get sort of like a brain tumour if you've got your phone next to your head. Well. But, you know, I don't know. My dad does that. He, He talks with it like that now. I don't know why he started doing that. But like, he puts it on loudspeaker so we can all hear his <laughs> conversation with his mate Dave about <laughs> some plastering work that he's had. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I, I also feel it's a bit like, do you remember in Star Trek when they used to open the thing and do Captain's Log? Oh, yeah, yeah. We just arrived on the planet and he's yeah, yeah. like, I know everything's going well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. Hopefully this sounds all right. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. That reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> what, give us a rough clue as to what the next case is going to be about and we'll see if we can link this to that so that the format works. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, though. Like you said about not making any money. Like The reason we've decided to do, to sort of do this is to try and make a bit of money so that we don't end up being homeless and having to squat somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. And that's part of the thing because all sorts of disasters could befall you if you were doing that, couldn't they? What, homeless? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I do know what you're talking about. So listen to this then. Okay, I was in Marple last week, and this I found very... I didn't know this. Marple? That's Marple, which is in, like, Stockport. It's a nice bit. Yeah. We went for... Oh, so this is the weirdest thing, right? So we went to this cafe, because brilliantly somebody gave us a voucher for this really nice cafe in Delhi for us. They gave it to Emma for a birthday, but, you know, I'll... Happily. You happily take some of that. So we went and it was like, it was just 5 to 12-ish. Um, so we went and you, it's Saturday morning, so you've got a bit of an hangover. You want breakfast. So there's a, a really nice girl on the door. She said, uh, okay, just to let you know, we don't, we've stopped serving breakfast. And I was like, oh, it says breakfast till 12. She said, no, uh, we've stopped now. The kitchen's shut. We, we're going on to the lunch menu. And I was like, okay, that's absolutely fine. She went, yeah, you won't be able to order that until 20 past 12. And I was like, well, what? Why? She said, well, you know, we we just give the kitchen a bit of a break and time to recover, right? <laughs> I was like, she said, well, what do we do for 25 minutes then? She went, well, you can have coffee and a cake. I was like, so coffee and a cake and then eat after. <laughs> so I oh, sack this. So we went to this other cafe and as we were walking to it, I'd never seen this before. There's a, a dude, homeless dude, selling the big issue, which is in my car currently right uh and he went uh big issue and i've not got any the, the cash big issues in your car you mean, yeah the big issues in my car not the homeless dude he's in the boots <laughs> i was gonna say it's a bad form just leave him in the car so outside what you know like he's michael collins <laughs> so um so because i've got no cash sorry because i never have any cash who does yeah and he went 
he put reached into his inside pocket and pulled out like a card reader. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. Well I've got to buy one now. Really? And um yes, yeah, so we had a card reader in Marple. Can you right. believe that? That's <laughs> absolutely so I so there's so much strange is happening in Stockport because for a while we had a sort of hip hop lollipop man as well. Right. But he's gone. But he was like a youngish dude, 30s, 30s. Right. And he used to have a Walkman on. Well, you know, headphones on, not Walkman, but he had headphones on, which again, probably not great for a low part. In fact, he's 30, counteracts it because normally they're 80 and deaf anyway. Yeah. And he'd like kind of dance into the middle of the road and stop everybody and be dancing, right? And all the kids had like loved him. So yeah. they'd all be like, I five him. He pretty cool. He was super cool. But it just feel, it started to feel a bit like, a alternate reality place yeah. where you homeless yeah. dudes have got card readers and <laughs> hip hop lollipop men. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yeah, that when you remember when we said about a homeless guy just yeah. a minute ago, yeah. um, does that remind you of a case? It does. It certainly reminds. Yeah, yeah, I, I can remember. Mm. I remember. Do you, is it the case you're thinking of? Do you think? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Is it Miller and? Harvey Miller? Yes. Not Harvey Miller. Not That's Harvey Miller. Who's that? No. Yeah, Miller, who's a vagrant. And uh, the reason I remember it is the early guys of this podcast, Mondeo Law, uh, somebody called Diogenes on Twitter did us a poster. And it was my favourite case and it was my favourite thing anybody's ever done. Yeah. Because they did some I remember artwork. that. It was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's still, we use it as our background still. Yeah. Well, they've disappeared, that person who did that. Yeah, they just stopped being on Twitter. I wonder what happened to them. Cause, probably because we stole their artwork that they'd sent us privately and used it for our like banner and, and everything else. <laughs> so <laughs> She was a girl and she was probably like, right, this that's it. It's, I'm done on Twitter. <laughs> I'm, cur- I'm currently Googling, just to let you know, to see what happens to Diogenes, see whether I could do a nice little topical job. Right. <laughs> but um, I can't read that. So Diogenes was the dude who like, famously urinated and masturbated in public and sat under a tree and ridiculed everyone. Was it in ancient Greece? Yeah. Um, made a virtue of poverty, apparently. Yeah, yeah, and just was like... Just a pest. Often slept in a large ceramic jar <laughs> <laughs> in the um, marketplace. But was he not also like a, a an ultra cynic or something? Is it cynicism? He, invent, he invented cynicism. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. So. <laughs> so I, I don't. Yeah, I can't think. I can't think of a joke for when, <laughs> no. our, um, Well, I don't goes. believe. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's not really a cynic, is it? No, but no, no, that's a skeptic. <laughs> Probably did it for his own good. <laughs> that's a cynic. <laughs> uh, so it's R versus Miller. The Crown and Miller, yes. Yeah, I um, can remember this case so this very is, well. So this, this is a good case. This this follows on from, from the last case. Obviously, we are, these are thematic. Um, and um, it's from 1983, uh, the case. Mm. Uh, judgment handed down on the 17th of March, which is St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. Yeah. Um, interesting, St. Patrick's Day, right? You know, in St. George's Day, when it's when it's that, and loads of people go, hey, you know, St. George wasn't even English. He was actually yeah, from yeah. such a place, blah, blah. No one ever does that on St. Patrick's Day because he was Welsh. Was but, he? Like, yeah, no one ever ever sort of points that out. I don't know why that is. You know? He also drove the snakes out of Ireland. He did. Famously. He did. That that freezing cold, <laughs> constantly when windy. Whenever you go island. to Ireland, you sort of think, oh, "This seems like ideal for snakes." <laughs> yeah, I don't know why there's, imagine there were no snakes at in one Ireland. Point. 
They've probably got adders and things like that. I don't even know. If, yeah, I don't even know if there are no snakes in Ireland. Maybe there are. I've not even They're checked They probably that. are. There's snakes in England. There's like grass snakes and that in England. Yeah, but they're, they're little rubbish things. There's non-venomous because they, it's too cold. Exactly. I'll tell you what, there are a lot of in England, I've noticed. Lizards. I didn't know this. No. I've seen in the last year at least three lizards in the wild. <laughs> like in the woods. Check it out. The common lizards. There's loads of them. Really? Yeah. Where did where like on a tree or like, like on the ground like right. right in in like wooded areas yeah. Well, I rarely go in wooded areas <laughs> because why would I? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go and look at a tree. Yeah. I go to the park with a dog. Yeah. I go. See if, you, if see if you're if you're with a dog, then you'll never see a lizard because they'll scare it off, won't they? Yeah. Hope so. I don't. I don't want to see lizards. Do you not? They'd be weedy. They'd be. No, he's seen a Komodo dragon, is it? And go, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not like a monitor lizard leaps out from yeah, behind a exactly. bush or whatever. It'll be like a tiny they're like, little... they're about Yeah, they're about sort of six inches long. Though. Yeah. But it's quite exciting seeing a lizard, though. No, I don't think I've ever seen a newt in the wild again. Have you not? No, and I'm not bothered. You're not bothered? You don't feel that? You think your life's full enough? No. <laughs> without, without seeing <laughs> yeah, newts? I don't need newts <laughs> or lizards or any... Yeah. I don't think much British wildlife's that exciting, really. When a no. fox or a badger's about... As exciting as it gets. Is that the apex predator, a badger, in the wild? Because um, there's no wolves anymore, no bears. No. Badgers are about the biggest predator, aren't they, so, like, in terms that's, of physical size? That's so, your apex predator. It depends so, on what, you're eating, what, what animal you are, isn't it? Like if you're a fly... No, to be the top it. predator, you'd... So in, in the particular environment of... But not just like a... So in like, I don't know, a bear would be, if you're in... The Yellowstone Park, the bear's the top predator of that environment. Yeah. Then wolf, and all that's exciting. Any of those, yeah. but anywhere in England, there's nothing, no top predator yeah, better yeah. than a badger. Yeah, I mean, like, well, you might, that's rubbish. Although, like Terry Notkins lost a finger <laughs> to an out to an otter, <laughs> he didn't he? Did. So you know, you can dismiss British <laughs> what wildlife. What was he doing to that otter? Don't know. He probably to lose probably deserved it, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he's probably got half a knob as well. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, made myself ill. You've, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You reverted to MC Boardman then, didn't you? <laughs> Very quickly. <laughs> so, um, right, come on. Our versus Miller. Nineteen eighty-three. Um, uh, Diplocks the judge. I'll tell you that dip, now. It is Diplock. I know it is because I remember that brilliant poster that Diogenes yeah, did, yeah. and Miller is described as a vagrant. Mm. So it's Lord Diplock, yep. Lord Keith of Kinkell. Yes, remember him? love him. Lord Bridge of Harwich. <laughs> Is it Harwich or Harwich? Harwich, I think. Don't care. Lord Brandon of Oakbrook. Oh, my God, this is the full hit of... And Lord Brightman of... Of no no. Boat, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, you know, they get him on though for uh, diversity purposes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So here we go. So he's the facts of the case. Um... So the defendant, a vagrant, as you rightly yeah. said, went to live in an unoccupied house. After returning there one night, he lit a cigarette and lay down on a mattress in the room he was using. Yeah. Okay, so he's squatting, basically. Yeah. Um, he fell asleep before he had finished the cigarette, which, you know, is a major no-no, isn't it? That's, that's very yeah. dangerous to do. Dropped it onto the mattress, setting it alight. Okay. Yeah. Um, he awoke later when the mattress was smouldering, um, which not a metaphor, but like literally smouldering, um, but did nothing to extinguish it and merely moved to another room. <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> I love Miller. How cool is that? How cool. What <laughs> match is on fire? Best goal. <laughs> we just walk away from it. I um, can't sleep most nights for remembering like things that happened at school 30, 40 years ago, let alone just, oh, my bed's on fire. Move rooms, <laughs> go back to sleep. Um, so, yeah, so basically, so you moved to another room, and then what happened was that the house caught fire <laughs> really? um, from this smouldering mattress. And damage to the value of eight hundred pounds was caused. Which in eighty um, three would have been a decent amount of money. I yeah, think. probably was. Probably a yeah. few grand. It sounds like there's probably wasn't much structural damage if it's only eight hundred quid. Maybe not. But anyway, but the point is, it's not his house. Yeah, he's squatting. Crucial point. He's squatting. Um, he has accidentally set fire to the, or maybe possibly recklessly. Yeah. In that he's fallen asleep while smoking his cigarette, um, and. Um, he's failed to react to seeing this mattress on fire beyond <laughs> moving to a different room. Um, this is more common in those days than... Obviously, now that doesn't happen. Very few people smoke indoors compared to 83. Yeah. Chip pan fires are another thing. What happened to chip pan fires? Well, people, be... people don't have chip pans, do they? Is no. The thing, so. so they've got like air fryers and yeah, put yeah. oven chips in and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. That's I, I might have said this before, but I, it's one of my main themes in life <laughs> that stuff's not always better. Most things now, it's much better to live in, what are we in, 2021? Yeah. It's better to live in 2021 than 1981, but any child, your children and my children who are grown up have never had the grandma or an auntie make them proper chips in a chip pan. And to have... And a homemade pie with chips. Yeah. Oh, it's just the best thing in the world. But chip, chip pans were so common when I was a kid. That yeah. In primary school, you had to be taught how to put out a chip pan fire. Well, you know, was... used to come round. <laughs> you did well. <laughs> well, if would come round with a blanket. <laughs> and he'd say, so you put a blanket on like that, and then you back like away. Tea and... towel all yeah. the top, yeah. And then you turn the, the hob off. Yeah. Yeah, here we go. Nostalgia hour. It's <laughs> Nostalgia fire safety. It just... <laughs> but stuff's not as... Stuff's not as good in some yeah. stuff, and chip pans were amazing. Yeah, were and chippy the, chips were, are great. But... They were worth the risk, weren't they? Yeah, the I, th I think so. so. And also worth like all your clothes smelling the chips for a few yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So, so this is what. So he was charged basically um, as a consequence of all this with arson under Section One, One and Three of the Criminal Damage Act of nineteen seventy one. Okay. Yeah. Now. Uh, and he was convicted, and then on appeal against conviction, up to the Crown Court, sorry, up to the Court of Appeal, um, the Court of Appeal dismissed the appeal and certified the following question of law. So we're in the House of Lords here, which is now known as the Supreme Court. Yeah. Um, so the question that the, uh, the House of Lords had to answer was whether the actus reus of the offence of arson is present when a defendant accidentally starts a fire and thereafter intending to destroy or damage property belonging to another or being reckless as to whether any such property will be destroyed or damaged, fails to take any steps to extinguish the fire or prevent damage to such property by that fire. Right, okay. yes. So it's, it's accepted as fact that he didn't deliberately start the fire. Because if he deliberately started the fire, then obviously the offence is made out very easily. You know, It's whether or not his failure to, to put the fire out or at least alert the fire brigade or something like that, whether that would lead to uh, you know that whether that constitutes the act the access race of the offence. So the last episode we did was Fagan, where the dude drove onto a copper's car. Uh, the Fagan drove onto a copper's foot 
and then didn't remove it straight away. They didn't remove the car straight away and we found out there that because it was classed as one continuous act from the driving and accidentally landing on the copper's foot but then not moving, that was classed. He was found guilty, basically. Yeah. There was an offence there. It was classed as the mens rea started when he refused to move the car off the foot and the actus reus was of not moving it. So this feels exactly the same, really, because he's accidentally let the fire happen. Yeah. Um, but the it's this, exactly the same. It's made out from the incident, from the fact of him just moving to another room. That feels to me exactly the same as not moving a car off someone's foot. So surely it's going to be the same. Well, it's, it's, it's not quite the same because actually um, they, they, they discuss Fagan in, in, in the case um, and they distinguish a continuing act or continuous action um, with um, effectively a continuing um, consequence. Right. If that makes sense. No. What does it mean? So, 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 so what they say is that... Um, yeah, so they said the concept of a continuing act is derived from Fagan and the Metropolitan yeah. Police Commissioner and is understood to be distinct from the continuous action and repetitive acts. So there's, there's different, you know, where there's different things. And this all boils down to sort of like, there's into the issue of, of causation, which we'll come on to in, in later episodes. Um, so it's so the Divisional Court expressly distinguished a continuing act from an act with continuing consequences. So oh, right, act, okay. Yeah, so... It's not one continuing act. So Fagan, he drove on accidentally, but the 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 car remained on the foot at all times. And then he he then eventually reversed, took it off the foot. Yeah. You know, um, whereas what they would say here is that actually the the fire started accidentally. Um, that's an act, and then the consequence of the fire is what happens from that accidental ignition of fire, and that his failure to react to that is a different action. Right. To the initial, okay. To the initial one. Also, he's he's been on a night out, and he as well. He's probably pretty wasted. He must be pretty wasted to just leave a fire and go into another bedroom and go to sleep. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. So um, <laughs> he must be. Yeah. So so it, it it's slightly different from from this. Right. So, okay. So in that there is an omission here, basically, um, and it's whether or not that omission can continue, can you know, can effectively create the actus reus. Um, in this case, um, which is which is it's an interesting uh, you know it's it's an interesting point to raise about the, about the Fagan issue, and it's, and it's interesting that you ask that you often do this. You ask a question, <laughs> just uh, and, and it's just to exact, chip in, and it's to chip in every now and then. <laughs> He's asked the exact same question that Lord Diplock asked within, <laughs> within the case. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's my legal yeah. training. So basically, so so the decision of the court on this point is that they actually dismissed the appeal so it's his appeal against conviction so he's been convicted in what in initially the, the, crime, the crime, crime court it's gone up the to court appeal. appeal dismissed his appeal there yeah and it's gone up to the house of laws to decide on this question um so what they say is that where a defendant was initially unaware that he had done an act that in fact set in train events which by the time he became aware of them would make it obvious to anyone who troubled to give his mind to them <laughs> <laughs> 
that they pre presented a risk that property belonging to another would be damaged. So, so if you, you know, there's a reason why I said, like, you know, he's squatting there, so it's not his house. Hmm. You know, had it been his house, then potentially it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been criminal damage. He would have just basically been foolish to have let his own house yeah. burn down, you know? <laughs> and so um, there may be another offence that he was guilty of if it spread or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, the, the fact it's not his house is, is relevant to the... Um, to the offence. So um, he became, he's guilty of the offence under section one, subsection one of the Criminal Damage Act if, when he did become aware of the events in question had happened as a result of his own act, he did not try to prevent or reduce the risk or if necessary by summoning the fire brigade or, or, or whatever else he could have done, which he didn't, you know, more than just move into a different room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and, you know, because he'd not given any thought to the possibility of there being any such risk or by having recognised that there was some risk involved, he had decided not to try to prevent or reduce it. Um, so they found that that, accordingly, the defendant had been rightly convicted, basically. Right, OK. So what, so what had happened is that by, you know, like, no one else could have started this fire. There's only him there. He's yeah. going to with a cigarette on his mattress. Yeah. So he's aware that he has accidentally started a fire, OK? Um if you look, if you look in the wording of the um, of the of the of the offence, there's recklessly in there, so he didn't have to have deliberately started it. Yeah, it's been reckless. Yeah, as as to at any stage of it. So, um, in essence, what happens is that at the point that he's aware of this fire that's been caused by him, albeit accidentally, that has created a duty for him to prevent that fire from spreading and causing damage to another person. Yeah, and at the point that he's he's not done that and he's just ignored it <laughs> at that stage he's, he's deliberately decided to ignore that yeah. you know so the fire is accidental but the point that he moves into another room aware and the only reason he's moved to that other room is because the mattress is on fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not done anything to put it to put it out even though he's drunk he must yeah. have been drunk for, for him to, to have acted in that way because he's obviously put himself at risk because for all he would have known is the house could have completely caught fire and, and yeah, burned him alive you know um, and so he, he's He's failed to he's failed to do that. So it's interesting um, that um, Lord Diplock sort of says the like they talk about word responsibility rather than duty, which is more appropriate to civil than to criminal law. Um, whether you've got a responsibility to do something, but like so in this case, it almost becomes like a quasi civil matter. If you think about civil law and the yeah. duty of care, and that has to exist before you can sue somebody for breach of that duty of care. In this case. The point at which he is aware of the fire creates the duty for him to stop that fire that he started. And when he fails to do that, that is the offence of arson that's, that's, that's made out, basically. Right. That's interesting. Good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's like, so it's the, and it's all about the wording of the, of what offence it is. Because in some offences, an omission can't be, no, can't be, can't be the actus reus. But in this case, where, um, where the word recklessly is involved there as, as well. You know, he's reckless as to whether the fire is going to start. I mean, it would be difficult to say that he, if it was intentional, if, if, if it had to be purely intentional, that him moving into a different room would have meant that the, the mens rea was there as well as the actus reus. Um, but in this case, because it can be recklessly done, at the point he moves there, the, he is reckless um, as to whether or not the fire is going to spread and cause the damage. And the access race is him actually of failing to not just move into the room, but failing to do anything to put it out. And that's because it's criminal damage and recklessness is. Um, so what I was thinking is, if it was, well, we come on to murder in a bit, don't we? And there's a there is a famous fire case with murder, and that's Hyam. Yeah. 
Yeah. But um, there's di- very different facts in Hayam. But if somebody would have died during this, it would have been unlikely that they'd have, he, he would have probably been charged with manslaughter, wouldn't he? Yeah. For the, under the same reason, but there's no way it could have been murder by doing by omit, omitting to act. And, yeah, yeah. But it's interesting, but because the fire is has started by his own act, yeah, that is where the you know even that's accidental. That isn't the actus reus. No, but him realizing it, it's on act. If this was just a fire that was started by someone else, then him failing to do it wouldn't wouldn't be an offence basically because it, it wouldn't have the same sort of chain of, of events. Basically. Right. Yeah, because it wouldn't have flowed from him. Yeah, because the general rule is that you know omissions, save for where they're statutory defined. Um, as we mentioned previously, like neglect and stuff like that, aren't sufficient to, to create an actus reus for the offence. So I always remember one very... Specific, I didn't go into tons of lectures, but one thing I, I found really interesting was it was a barrister that w- gave us our criminal lectures, as it often is, um, and she said, uh, that's right, everyone, it was a woman. Uh, but she's, and I find this like really because she said okay imagine this you're walking along the seafront at Blackpool and you see someone in the sea shouting help help um, I'm drowning I can't swim or whatever they've fallen in do you, do you have to jump in and save them have you got a duty to jump in and save them and it was like one of the first things we ever did and some people some of us were going yeah you should try or and then she said no absolutely not there's no no criminal duty for you to do it under criminal yeah, law. Yeah. And they said, what about if there is a life, uh, you know, one of those red and white life boys or circle, I don't know what they called, life rings. Yeah. Uh, do you, should you throw that out to him? Oh, yes, you should. And said, right, so if you didn't throw it out to him, would, and the fella then drowned, would that be, would you be partly culpable? Would you be culpable for murder? And we're like, that. well, probably, yeah, yeah, you should. And she's like, no, absolutely not. You don't have any duty to do it. No. You can just walk past and go, this is nothing to do with me, and and legally it isn't. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's And it's it seems strange because there's clearly like a moral duty yeah. to do something there. But, but legally, but legally yeah, not it, murder. No. So that is the tip to leave this episode with. <laughs> if you ever see someone drowning... And you... Unless you've done something to put them in that position. Yes. Because the then, then you've fallen into... This sort of category, then potentially. If you've if, pushed them in, then you. Well, obviously, if you pushed them in, yeah. yeah. But, but if you pushed them in, sort of as a joke, not intending yeah. for them to drown, but you've been reckless as to whether or not um, they might drown. If you then fail to act, I mean, the access race there could be in the action of pushing them in. Um, yeah. In any event, but certainly it's more analogous to this set, you know, set of circumstances. But if yeah, if you happen upon someone and they happen to be in the sea. Um, drowning, then you're not under an obligation to. to no, to just them. leave them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I. That, that's what you should do. So, like, if you were in the woods and somebody fell down, like a hillside, and they're at the bottom, going, "Oh, I've been here three days. I'm dying of starvation and stuff." Just keep walking. Don't get involved. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you'd like to get involved with the podcast, um. You can Twitter us, you know, tweet us and stuff, and we'll sort of reply. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We're at Barely Legal Comedy Law. We don't know what we're at because <laughs> we've not set this bit up. <laughs> so, so you'll find us on there and then get in touch with us somehow. Yeah. 
carry a pigeon or something like that. Just <laughs> message in a bottle. Just don't. Treat us like drowning men, which in many ways we metaphorically are. But just ignore us. Keep walking. 